Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 6th, 2019. And today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 12 in Bill's story. We will be reading from the second paragraph. We're going to be reading two paragraphs, starting with my friend suggested and ending with, I stood in the sunlight at last. The, the readers for today are, excuse me, uh, Tenzin P, Lindsay W, Leon B, Katie G, and Barbara E. And the reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting is 12,622. One, two, six, two, two. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Excuse me. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Tenzin P., would you please read OA's 12 steps? Mm, happily. Uh, Tenzin P., checking in, uh, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message 
to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin P. And before I ask Lindsay W. to read the 12 traditions, I wanted to add that yesterday's 7 a.m. share ID was 12621. And now, Lindsay W., would you please read the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous? Good morning. This is Lindsay W., a compulsive overeater from Houston, Texas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, any OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from, my, from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, we need always remain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Lindsay, for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. We ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be timing and will let you give, and will give a gentle reminder at two minutes, 45 seconds. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are in Bill's story. We're on page 12, and we're going to be reading from the second paragraph that starts, My Friend Suggested, through two paragraphs, ending with, I stood in the sunlight at last. And I will now ask our friend Leon B. to get us started. Good morning, Leon. 
Good morning. My name is Leon B. and I am a grateful, recovered, composable overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Um, and my friend suggested that then, what then seemed a novel idea, he said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. Wow, my first time volunteering is a big book reader, and I get one of the most uh, loaded sentences in the in the big book, choosing your own conception of God, um, which my first thought was, man, that's a that's a blasphemous statement. You know, there was only one true and living God that, that I knew of. Um, I thought since I, I didn't have to choose my own conception of God and, and this area of, of a higher power, I never really struggled with. And I thought this program would be a would be a piece of cake. And um, I came to realize quickly I was the the guy that was full of faith. And just reading in the AA 12 and 12, I was that guy full of faith, but I still I was reeking of Oreos, believing I was a um, the devout, um, scrupulous uh, religious uh, guy that observed all the religious practices. I thought I was diligent. I believed in God, but felt like he didn't believe in me. And as I couldn't even muster the God-given power to resist an Oreo, and I took the pledges and more pledges. I pleaded with God only to follow that up with eating more Oreos. I wanted him to take this away. And I'm, and I thought that he didn't, you know, and the binges just got worse, you know. And I tried to fight overeating every day of my life while I was struggling in the food. And just like it said, I'm, I mean, I violently tried to fight. I violent, violently tried to implore God to his help. And um, the help didn't come. You know, and then what was the matter? What was the answer to this riddle? You know, it was my, wasn't the quality of my faith. It wasn't the, it was the quality of my faith, not the quantity of my faith. This was my, my blind spot. You know, I thought I was a serious guy that practices um, these religions, going to church twice a week. And, but upon honest appraisal, I was only superficial. I wallowed in emotionalism, and I had mistaken that for true religious feelings. And in both cases, I was asking something for nothing. I hadn't cleaned the house so that the grace of God could enter me and expel this obsession, steps three and four. I'd never taken stock of my life, not in a real deep and meaningful sense, step four. Never made amends or freely given myself to another human being without a demand for reward, steps eight, nine, eight and twelve eight nine and twelve i had even hadn't even prayed rightly step 11 i was trying to get my wishes granted you know instead of me saying that will be done the love of god and man i understood not at all therefore i remained self-deceived and so incapable of receiving enough grace to restore me to sanity this program these steps have done something for me that church could not pastors could not and when my sponsor and I got to this step, you know, I told him of my struggles of disbelief I had in God, but I felt like he didn't believe in me. And he said something to me, that maybe you're seeing another side of God. And I didn't have to give up my conception of this all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. I'm getting to see another side of my God, my higher power. And in that, he is showing me another side of me. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Leon. Thank you so very much. Okay, so here's the drill. Please press star one to share, but first, please give me your name, your first name, your initial of your last name. Say it clearly one time, and I will repeat it back. 
and um, as has been the custom lately, if you have not, um, if you have not shared in the last few days, please do feel free to add your voice to this meeting this morning. So, who would like to share on what was read? Lauren N. Okay. All right. Here's who I got. I didn't say anybody's name back. I heard you, Katie. Hang on. Sorry about that. Harley G, Larry K, Tina S, Vasa O, Katie G, Lauren N. Okay, guys. Thank you so very much. Everyone but Harlan, please press star one to mute your phone. And Harlan G, please share. Thank you very much, Maura, and thank you to Team Wednesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. This sentence, this area of the book, has opened the door to tens of millions of generations of people yet unborn. This concept of why don't you choose your own conception of God has made it possible for the thousands of visionaries every week that tune into this line. And when I first perused this idea in 1979, I thought that it meant you could be any religion that you want. And it does mean that, but it means so much more. How many times have I taken the phone call from somebody, and how many times have I thought this myself, that God did not do for me what I expected him to do, that I don't trust God, that I don't believe in God, blah, 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 blah. What it really means is, and as Leon alluded to it before me, we treated God like Santa Claus. We treated God like the Hanukkah bunny or whatever. We didn't get the gift that we wanted. We didn't get the result that we wanted. And I've said this before and I'll say it again, that there isn't a person on this line that through tears hasn't looked up to the heavens, shaking a fist and said, why my son? Why my daughter? Why my parent? Why me? Why this? Why that? And when the person died, after we prayed and prayed and prayed that they would live, we said, well, there is no God. He has forsaken me. No, no. There is a warehouse full of information, times a million of things I do not understand. And my conception of God is a conception that I devised of a kind, loving, benevolent, munificent God that helps me every single day. Because no matter what happens, no matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. And my need for God grows and grows every single day. I need God more today than I needed him yesterday. I will need him more tomorrow than I need him today. And that description of God in my mind, that conception of God in my mind, is one that will be there for me unconditionally with all the power that he brings with him. If he was small enough for me to understand, he wouldn't be big enough for me to rely on. There is a God, and it's not me. Those are the only two things I really need to know. And that statement hit me hard. It melted my icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered Gentle many reminder. years. I stood in the sunlight at last, and I continue to stand in that sunlight, and I am alive today because of this, these two paragraphs. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Harlan. Larry Kay, Chicago Man, it's your turn, followed by Tina Ed. Hey, Maura, wipe that smile off your face. I can't. <laughs> good morning. I know, I know, I know, right? Uh, good morning. Well, I, I'm not standing in the sunlight. It's, it's a little bit cloudy today, but I, I am standing in the sunlight of the spirit. Um, Larry Kay from Chicago. You know, this is uh, Leon Harlan. They, they all shared it. What I'm hearing, this is a game changer. You know, why not choose your own conception of God? This statement hit him hard. You know, I've heard it said that a mind that's at war with itself, which was, which was my mind, it can't hear the whisper of your higher power when your mind is at war with itself. In other words, when, I came, when, when I'm troubled by all the workings of my ego, the resentments, the fears, the doubts, the self-centered motivations, I'm unable to hear the gentle whisper of my higher power. And why is that? You know, well, I'm, I, like Bill, was too consumed with me up to that point. And here comes Ebby, and he makes a, a simple declaration, a suggestion, really, to Bill that's a game changer. You know, how, how does one argue with choosing their own conception of a higher power? His intellectual arguments begin to thaw. See, this is what's happening to Bill, and pretty quickly they will dissolve those intellectual arguments and only then would he be ready to allow the sunlight and spirit to come in. And that's what it was the same situation for me. See the steps when work properly with a foundation of understanding about my problem, about my solution, and then how in the heck am I going to bring this solution to light? Only then God's gentle whisper invades my heart and it invades my mind in a way that's unmistakable. And we become awakened to that power source. And it's not through, purely through intention or desire. Those are good. It's good to have an intention. It's good, certainly good to have a desire. But what if my intention and desire are purely driven by pure self-interest and fear and control? You know, wouldn't it stand to reason that perhaps I've not learned enough yet about humility and surrender and acceptance? And yet here was Bill, and he became, he was on purpose now. The divine within him will begin to transcend those limitations. That's what happens with us here. We start to transcend our limitations of doubt and fear. And it's not like you're going to win the lottery. You're not going to, there's no magic wand. There's no pixie dust. You know, Prince Charming, he, he's, he's not coming. He's not. He's not coming to your rescue. What's going to happen is you'll be inspired by a much deeper purpose. It's much more powerful. You'll become free from the thoughts that kept you disconnected from this power source greater than you. See, Bill kept attracting into his life what he didn't want. And his, because his prevailing thoughts were on what was missing, what he lacked, all those Gentle things. reminder. Sure, I'm just wrapping up here. And then someone in whom the problem was solved gives him a divine gift. And this gift melts the icy intellectual mountain. Same with me, same with you perhaps. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks, Maura. I pass. Thanks, Larry, so much. So it is Tina S.'s turn and then Vasa O. Tina S. Hello. 
Thanks so much, Maura. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great shares. And thanks so much, Leon. What a great read. And I share. I appreciate it. Hit me, you know, really um, right in my heart. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I always talk about, which is the truth for me, that the longest distance is from the head to the heart. And, you know, when I came into Overeaters Anonymous and or any other 12-step program that I frequent, you know, one of the things people talked about was this God, which to me, you know, I had tried it and it failed for sure. You know, I, I was of the same thought that, you know, I was raised in a religion, you know, and, uh, and it didn't work. You know, bottom line was I couldn't fit the bill. You know, I could not be the person that I thought I needed to be to have God, you know, do for me what I could not do for myself. And, and that was a fallacy for sure. You know, when I came into the rooms, you know, and then people said, you know, well, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And that, too, for me, was this big ordeal conception of God that sounded so overwhelming and that there was no way that I could do that, you know. But what I also was told, you know, someone said to me, and I just love this because it brought it right size just for me. It's, they said, you know, why don't you write a description of what you want God to be and to do for you personally? And I, you know, and I was able to do that. And I love also what was shared. You know, if, if God was small enough for me to understand, he would not be big enough to take care of me for sure. You know, I'm on that same vein. And, you know, over the years, you know, I've had to get a bigger God. You know, and I'm sure I'll have to get a bigger God as time goes on, bigger God. But today, what I do know is that I can start right where I'm at. I don't have to be anyplace else. And that's the good news. And then this God, for me, gives me a life beyond my wildest dreams. You know, I have a transformation that comes about, and I'm so grateful, and uh, grateful for you all. Thanks, and I'll pass. Caught me off guard there, Miss Tina. Okay. Vasa, oh, it's your turn, followed by Katie Key. Thank you. Can you hear me, Morazi? Loud and clear. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service, uh, Morazi. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovering, compulsive reader gone from, from uh, Florida. And, oh, my goodness, this is two beautiful paragraphs. My life turned around when I, my, my Abby, uh, 12 stepped me for about a week before she, before we went to a, she brought me to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. And I was abstinent for one week pretty much by the time I came to the first meeting because she talked about the, the allergy, she talked about the disease. Uh, it was just because of my own doing. I wanted to be abstinent just to try it out. But anyways, um, I grew up in a communist country. What can I say? And we were taught there was no God in, in, in school, the teachers, and now they're in society. And um, my father was a priest. And he even questioned God himself. So I had a lot of confusion about God. But coming to, you know, back to Abby, and she did ask me, you know, what kind of God? I grew up with, and I told her I didn't really believe in God, you know, and I also heard that it was I was afraid of God. I had a lot of fears, fearful and punishing God. I had a lot of mixed feelings. Well, she said to me, this is my friend, suggested what then seemed a novel idea. She said to me, why don't you choose your own conception of God? 
And this was like the key. Like you, I almost, I, she gave me a permission, you know. You can have your own understanding of God. And I can, I can share my understanding of God because she said, it seemed like, you know, we had pretty similar God. As I had pretty similar God as you did as growing up. But she said, I have found in this program a higher power, which is bigger than me, greater than me. And this higher power is gentle, gentle, forgiving, loving. And she said, you can have my higher power if you want to. And I said, that sounds good. But I, I had the gift of desperation. I was just so willing, so ready to surrender to a higher power, not to God. I like the idea, surrender to a higher power greater than yourself. I was still afraid of God. Today, I don't have the fear of God. You know, I can, I can say I choose that higher power to be God. And that was the key for me. Uh, I had to let go of my parents, God, or of my own understanding of God before I became abstinent, before I came to God and I surrendered uh, with the food. And that's when I started, my life started changing. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. My apologies, Vasa. I missed the the gentle reminder time. Please forgive me. Uh, Katie G., it is your turn, followed by Lauren N. Good morning, Katie. Hey, Maura. Good morning, everyone. Katie G., recovered in Boston. When I came into the rooms, well, when I first started out in life, I believed that God would only show up with, for me if he gave me a new family, if he stopped the atrocities going on in my house. And then as I proceeded into my disease, I believed that if there really was a God, there's no way that God could love me because look what I did. Look what I ate. Look what I drank. Look what I took. Look, look what I stole. I mean, there, there can't be a God that, that loves me for all of the things that I've done with the food, with people, with hostages. I'm just a terrible person, right? And um, what this does for me is all of a sudden, I mean, through the process of uncovering, discovering, and discarding my old ideas, God became accessible to me. I moved from my ego, this icy intellectual mountain, that thought, you know, well, I have to be perfect, and I'm going to be perfect, and that's how God's going to accept me. And I went into the sunlight because of these steps, because of everything that got torn away from me, these old ideas, and saw that, like, guess what? Not only did God protect me from, from really awful things that happened, because somehow I survived, um, God knew me and loved me with every bite I put into my mouth, everything I stole, every person I harmed. God was there. God was there loving me, saying, Katie, I love you. Come to me. And what I love is that, you know, a conception is a general idea, a product of abstract thinking. It's not a definition, right? And what my teachers, what all of you are teaching me is that God gets bigger each and every day. It's like, okay, you know, as a recovered woman today, if God is everything, then God is in this darkness that I feel. And maybe the problem is not that there's darkness. Maybe the problem is that I think that there's darkness. 
So a God of my limited understanding has taken this woman who thought and believed with her whole might that I had to perform and be someone for God to pay attention to me and that God couldn't love me because of all the things I've done. I am filled up with the grace of God. And how do I know that? Because I have love in my heart. Because I'm not standing in front of all of you dictating how you should be and who you should who you should think and, and how you should operate in the world, right? Like God is love. You're God's kids. I'll let God take care of you, you know? And I, and I think of other people today and I don't operate myself on how can Katie get her needs met, right? It's like, it's God, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? This God, I'll just wrap up with this, is available to all of us through the process of entire steps entire abstinence, and the entire steps too. And God willing, my God will continue to grow one day at a time. Thanks, all of you. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Lauren Ann, it's your turn. Good morning. Oh, Lauren. There she is. Good morning. I can. Thank you. Good morning, visionaries. It's wonderful to hear you every day. Lauren Ann from New York, compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Wow, my own conception of God. I used to think God was that, that old man sitting up on the white throne, kind of the one that we were taught in, in religious school, that was passing judgment down on us. And then I lost him because... You know, he didn't believe in me, and he wasn't there to help me and my family, just as the people who shared before me had mentioned. Why me? Why me? I believed. How could there be a God if the God took away my mother when I was a young girl? How could there be a God if the God took away my one of my best friends when he was only 16 years old, and I was 18. How could there be a God? Guess what? There was something there. And I didn't know it, and I didn't believe it, but boy, he's doing for me today what I couldn't do for myself. Thank you all for helping me believe today that he is there. Leon, your message was so incredible. I could hear you being a preacher. And preaching, but not preaching, preaching from your own experience and giving of yourself, as does, does Harlan and as does Larry and everyone else on this, Katie, everyone else on this line. Every morning I hear God coming through you. My God's with skin. Thank you so much for being there. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren. Okay. Next round. Please give me your first name, last initial. Who would like to be? Mary B. Is that a Mary B? Nancy P or T? Ginger C? Janice P.M. Madeline R. 
Madeline R. Julie M. Julie M. And we'll stop there. I don't know if I got everybody, if I got the names right or anything like that, but here's what I got. I got Mary B. as in boy. Nancy P. as in Paul or T. as in Tom. Which yeah. one? P. Yeah, as in Paul. Okay. Okay. Ginger C., Janice P. M., Madeline R., and Julie M. Everyone that is not Mary B., would you please star one and mute your phone, Mary B., good morning. Was it not a Mary B? Mary T? Marcia D? Marcia D? Yes. Okay, well, go with that. Okay. Go ahead, Marcia. Yes, can you hear me? (laughs) I can, thank you. Okay, thank you for being there, and thank you, OA family. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to pass. My alarm just went off at work. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Um, Nancy P., it's your turn. Hi, uh, this is Nancy P. from Boston. Um, so when I was um, <clears throat> excuse me, doing the steps, my sponsor said when, we were, when I was going through it with my vision sponsor, she said, you know, to think about what I wanted God to be and what I wanted God to do for me. So I tucked that in my back pocket and I, you know, went happily along and, you know, forgot about it for, you know, some amount of time because my history was, which is long in this program, was that I didn't really, it was sort of like, I don't really think about getting up in the morning and putting on my shoes. They're just sort of there, but I don't really think about it. And um, I didn't really think about God, except when I was as I got fatter and fatter and more and more miserable and I'd go to meetings and I'd see all these people like so happy. And so, you know, they'd talk about God and and all these years. And I said, how come her and not me? And, you know, I, I say, I used to journal, I used to use all the tools to try to think about like, if that, if they say that's the answer, I'm not getting it. And, you know, I love the, um, you know, how people try to, you know, they tried to move away. They tried to go on a trip or not go on a trip and, you know, make a solemn oath or, or, or swear off forever with and without a solemn oath. I think about that if, for me as, you know, I beg God to help me, <clears throat> excuse me, with and without tears. Like I'd be crying and desperate and then not crying and desperate. And finally what happened was I realized that, you know, none of that truly – I was going to tear up everything that I ever knew about what other people thought about God, knew about God, told me about God, and the same thing for myself. I was going to completely strip my mind of God and everything in it and think about what I really wanted God to be, just like what my sponsor said. And um, because on my knees that way. And I was actually told by someone from the vision meeting who called me that if I didn't get on my knees, I was never going to get better and that, that it was impossible. And, um, you know, luckily for me, I um, decided not to leave the program. Um, and I, I just thought about what did I want God to be? And I thought about all the things that I wanted to be. I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better sister. I want to be a better worker. I want to be a better manager. I want to be a better 
citizen in my community, all of that. And so in in my own ignorance, I decided, you know, God doesn't have to be a, a drop-down menu. You know, I don't feel comfortable getting on my knees. I don't know anything about the, you know, other religions. I don't know about, you know, my religion. I don't, none of it makes me feel comfortable. So what do I want God to be for me? I want God to be the one being that's going to make me all those things. And so, because I get to decide for myself, that's what I decided. And, you know, <laughs> the God police aren't going to come and arrest me and say, eh, not getting on your knees, not, you can't come, you don't belong. I belong because I say I belong. And I belong because everybody else says I can choose my own conception. And that's what that's I did. That's a reminder. And thank you. And it's, and it's in, imperfect and flawed. I'm stumbling along like a sleepwalker in a dream, but I'm moving in the right direction. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Ginger C., it's your turn, followed by Janice P.M. Hi, Maura. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Ginger C., recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, just such, what, three sentences here and probably the most important part to this entire book. Because as an addict, I lack power. And if I don't have any power between me and the many addictions that are out to get me, I'm screwed. And so this is such a broad highway because of these sentences. Choosing your own conception. What works for you? And, and as long as it's not you, you're good to go. You can use anything and everything. But you have to find something because, again, if you don't have this power, you're not going to be able to sustain any type of recovery. And not only do you need this power, you need to grow and keep getting more effective and deeper with it. So it's simple and understandable terms. And I've always used the great outdoors as my God, this nature piece. And I was sharing with somebody yesterday, it's amazing that the brokenness of this mother that was an alcoholic, and if she could have done better, she would have, but my beginning to God began with her because she took me on these nature rides in the ravines of Chicago, these trees that were so magnificent. I felt that power, and I loved it. And before she left her home, we would go on many drives through this country, and she called it God's country. So again, you don't know how close it is, but you got to find something because without any power, we're screwed. And I just love that it's just amazing that Evie said that. Choose your own conception. And if your conception today is not working, fire it and find something that works. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger. Janice PM, it's your turn, followed by Madeline R. Good morning, Janice. And good morning to you. So happy to know that my prayers work for you. Um, yeah, my name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. And my gratitude today is to the to history of this program. Because if if Ebby didn't write this, I don't know where I would be. Because I, uh, growing up, um, I lived right across the street from a cathedral. 
And at eight years old, you know, it's a very impressionable age. And um, at this cathedral, there was uh, an altar of uh, crutches, you know, crutches that were left there by people who couldn't walk or had some disease. And, you know, I would sit there and look at those crutches and I'd say, what a miracle, what a miracle. That, that, that they actually came in with crutches and they went out without crutches. So, I, 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 you know, at that age, I said, boy, oh, boy, what they're teaching me must work. So I tried and tried, you know, so hard to believe what they, I was indoctrinated with, with who to believe, how he should be, how this higher power should be. And I lived right across the street from this basilica. But I lived upstairs from the bakery that we owned. <laughs> and, of course, I didn't think anything was wrong with that. I used to pray to God. Now, you know, instead of me coming in the front way, let me go up the back way so I don't have to go through the bakery and I won't eat. You know, I mean, a, a child thinking like that. But that's because, you know, I, I want to just not do this. I don't want to do this anymore because I used to get headaches, etc. But it wasn't until... I, I don't know how I fell upon a conference call on the on the phone because I never listened to meetings on the phone. I lived right near, near a, a school here that they had the meetings, and I heard this for the first time, you know, choose your own conception. That means choose my own idea. Well, if you tell me to choose my own idea of anything, <laughs> I love that. Don't tell me what to do, but tell me what to choose. My choice, my choice. So it was, it was just, that's the miracle that I can leave at that altar, that those lines, I didn't have to understand my higher power. I didn't have to really believe. It says a come to, so I could have the willingness that it doesn't have to be my mother's God across the street. It doesn't have to be my grandmother's God. So that was the miracle that that was a divine move. Gentle reminder. Yes, of course. Thank you. How I ever came upon that, but you see that had to be a divine power that drove me to get on on, on the, the line because I would never go call. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice PM. Madeline R., it's your turn, followed by Julie M., Thank you. This is Madeline R. Recovered in Pennsylvania. Thanks, everybody, for your service today. I um, just wanted to jump in here because I love these paragraphs and um, where it says the novel idea, you know, um, novel being a new idea, something different, um, and then in the sense of a book, you know, a written long book. So just that term novel took me to, it's a simple program. It's not always easy. You know, that's what was pointed out to me when I was taught. And um, I, too, heard this on the call today. What did you choose? Why don't you choose your own conception? When I first went, um, it was in 1990, and there were people who were sharing at the meeting. It was one of my first times there, and I came home and I called my girlfriend who was my eating buddy, and I said, it is definitely a cult. All they do is talk about God. I mean, it scared me to death. But for some reason, I bit. 
there was something in that meeting that seemed interesting to me. And when I had called Helpline, they suggested that um, I call this one number. And so I did. And that was the Monday night, 7 p.m. meeting. And so I went there. And it was a huge circle at that time. It was just wonderful. And then they suggested that I get to that Wednesday meeting. And I thought, yeah, well, you think I'll go to that meeting. But for some reason, I went to that Wednesday meeting. For today, these years later, we know why. And when I walked in that meeting, I started to hear people still talking about God. And that was at the time when um, a prayer of petition was said, you know, a specific prayer of petition, where later it came that we needed to talk about, maybe consider Roseanne's prayer came about then, and, you know, it was already out, but in our area it came out. And then also maybe trying something like the serenity prayer to open and close the meeting. And so anyway, they kept talking about God. Yet they started to say something new, and they used the term fire that God and hire your own God. And I just, I have prayed in this program to be willing. You know, I've prayed to be willing to be willing. And indeed, there is something greater than myself. And that makes a beginning. There is something bigger, whatever it is. Even when I doubt what it is, there is still something bigger of it. And a dear friend told me, what about the wind? That was her higher power. Somebody else said a doorknob. Somebody else said the book. Somebody else said the meeting. Just as examples of what a higher power could be, but I got to pick. Oh, standing in that sunlight, even when it's freezing cold and the sun is out, it feels warm. Thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Madeline Orr. Julie M., it's your turn. Hi, good morning. This is Julie M., recovered in Colorado. And this sentence, why don't you choose your own conception of God, absolutely saved my life. And if it wasn't in this book, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have access to the 12 steps. I wouldn't have access to this program. And when I first came in and I saw all these skinny women that I really hated because they were thin and I wasn't, um, I heard them speak and they were telling my story and I softened. And when they started talking about God, I, was, I just couldn't stand it. But I kept coming back because they had what I wanted. And, and I felt so at home in OA. And it was when I was on step two with my sponsor where I realized um, that I had to consider God. I had to hand my life over to God. I had to be willing to do all these things for God that I really came on a stumbling block because, um, you know, I had this huge trauma when I was, when I was little and I couldn't, I had always believed there was no God and that was kind of a comfortable place to be. Because then if bad things happen, well, that's just the world. But when I had to start believing in a God, I felt, I realized, okay, I feel even worth less now knowing that there's a God and those things happened than before when I thought there was no God. It was, it was one of those moments in my recovery that was so painful and so hard. And my sponsor said, you know, it's not that God wasn't there for you. It's not that a higher power wasn't there for you. It's that you never learned how to connect. And so I grabbed onto that with my life. And I had to act as if there was a God. 
And I know that there are some people that can't stand that whole concept of act as if, but that is all I had. And that is what, what allowed me over time to come to believe. And I couldn't stand the word God. I didn't say God for years in program. I had to say, I couldn't even say higher power. I said HP and I wrote it on my hand. And I, I, I said Mother Nature. That was my first one. And it wasn't until I started seeing the miracles happen. And I, you know, I have a God box where I write things down and I put them in um, that I'm surrendering to God. But I also have a miracle jar. And it's where when a miracle happens, and I know it was intervention on God's part in my life, I write it down and I put it in there because otherwise I forget. Um, Gentle reminder. I have to build the muscle of believing every day. And I'm just so grateful with that I'll pass. Thank you, Julian. Okay, we have seven minutes. So let's take uh, three, two minutes or two, three minutes. Who would like to share? Melissa C. Melissa C. Russ M. Minnie T. Minnie T. Okay, and I was supposed to add Russ to the last group. So, sorry about that, Russ. Um, Russ M., Melissa C., and Vinny T. Go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, I'll, I'll make it quick. My own conception of God for 40 years, I had the Burger King God. I wanted it my way, <laughs> right? I wanted smooth sailing. I wanted what I wanted. And after being bludgeoned and beat up and battered, Coming to this beautiful program, now I have the God of surrender, the God of mercy, the God of grace, the God of reckless abandon, the God of gratitude. And you know what the funny thing is when I step back is that it was the same God the whole time. It's just the scales were removed from my eyes. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to have a deep, intimate relationship with God. And, um, you know, I'm on this line. Only because of God. I, I probably would be dead. I'd probably be dead. So anything I have good in my life comes from God and a lot of miracles happening. And uh, thank God he has grace and mercy and gives me, he gives me what I don't deserve and doesn't give me what I do deserve. So y'all have a good day. Love you. Thank you, Rasim. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Vinny T. Hi, good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, I'm, that icy intellectual mountain um, is really what I'm thinking about this morning because um, my my response when I was told to create my own conception of God um, was I went right back to my intellect and I thought, what a load of crap. <laughs> like, that's really what my reaction was, that, um, wait, you're telling me that my mind is broken, that my thinking is the problem here, and now you want me to use my broken mind to create, to come up with some power that's going to help me? And so I did, like, this mental gymnastics. And the, the incredible thing was, in those moments, I, I really kind of heard this voice and um, it sounded like my father, you know, and my father's gone, but my dad would lovingly tell me that I was a know-it-all, 
And sometimes he would say to me, stop being so smart. You know, open up your open up your ears and listen for a minute. And he didn't say it cruelly, you know, thank, thankfully. So when that sort of came to me in those moments, like, you don't like the God that you've been given. You're complaining about that. And now we're saying, okay, make your own. And you don't like that either? Like, do you want to get better or not? And and that was sort of like the eye-opener for me. Yeah, I wanted to get better. Okay, you know, I, I'll, okay, then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll go with this theory. I'll go with this thing. And, you know, for me, um, the most accessible thing I had was merely the opposite of what I knew. So I knew what my lowest weakness was. That was clear. That was the way that I was living. It was jealousy. It was anger. It was fear. It was, it was overeating. It was control. And so my first, my first kind of aha was, well, God could just be the polar opposite. Your higher power could just be the opposite of your lowest weakness. And, you know, and so my conception of God doesn't have to be concrete. You know, it has to actually be open to evolving. It's it's a growing conception. I am actually conceiving it each day. It comes to me each day as I take action after action that are the actions that are the opposite, <laughs> you know, of of what I what I always did. And that's really where God met me. All I had um, to do was be willing, and, and that's what I got. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Vinny T., it is your turn. You have three minutes. Uh, may I be heard? Yes, three minutes. Uh, thank you. This is Vinny T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, well, I choose my own concept of God, uh, blasphemy to the religious and hypocrisy to the atheist. Um, <laughs> and that's where we find some common ground. We're both shocked by that statement. So I went and looked up hypocrisy in my little dictionary and found that uh, some of the words there were affected piety, false virtue, whatever. Uh, you know, it, 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 uh, I think for me, it, uh, the shock was the beginning. Um, and then I heard on uh, page 55, I think, of the, uh, of the big book that Deep down in every man, woman, and child is a fundamental idea of God, and that grabbed me. Um, so, you know, yes, it's it's such a wonderful program to bring out that which is in every one of us and and experience it and and be loved. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Okay, Vinny, thank you. Okay, we have one minute left. Is there someone with a burning desire for one minute to share on what was read this morning? Carla? Carla, please go ahead. You've got one minute. Hi, it's Marla. I'm a, Marla was an M-compulsive eater recovered in Iowa. Um, I just popped on for a minute here, and what I'm thinking is this choose your own conception of God. Um, it does, I'm thinking of anything in my life that I have. I drive a car, and I know it moves every day, and it gets me where I need to go. And it really doesn't matter if I call whatever I call the car. Um, I don't have to understand how it works. I don't have to understand 
what it does. And I was just thinking, you know, when I started with my concept of God, it doesn't matter what I call it. It doesn't matter what I see it as. I could pretend I'm floating around in a in a piece of cotton candy every day and that I conceive of the car to be a cotton candy. Either way, no matter how I understand the car, it still functions and it still does what it does. And you might see it differently as a little mushroom floating. You might see it as a something swimming in the ocean. Whatever it is, it's still the same and it still accomplishes it. So it really doesn't matter what we call it or how we view it. It's still going to do what it does. And I'll pass with that. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Thank you, Marla. And thank you to everyone who shared. Marla is our last share of the morning. And um, wow, wow, such wonderful shares. Okay. So that um, now brings us to the close of the meeting. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And with that, I will give you one more share ID, and that is today's 12,629. One two six two nine, and we will now close with the reading from the big book on page one sixty four, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Katie, to you, would you please read for us this morning? Thank you for your service. Thanks, Maura, for yours. Katie G, recovered in Boston. A vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.